Hey everyone, um, welcome back to the podcast. Um, it's been uh, quite a long time since I released a new episode. And today's um, episode is quite an interesting one. I'm going to be sharing my opinions on Web 3.0 and decentralized apps and the extending world. So this um, episode was initially recorded and uh, published on my YouTube channel. And um, throughout the episode, I will be showing certain visuals. Um, it's uh, mainly audio commentary, but if you would like to um, see the full video, I will mention the um, description uh, inside the description, my uh, link to the actual YouTube video. So uh, I hope you enjoy. So hi everyone, um, uh, welcome back to the channel. It's been uh, quite a long time since I uh, came up with the video. I was uh, very busy with a lot of things on my side, but anyways, it's been a long time and um, I thought I'll uh, you know, put out a video and today's topic is going to be um, my opinions on Web 3.0 and uh, decentralized apps. So uh, the format of this video is a little bit different from the usual style. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I am recording this video using StreamYard. So it's supposed to be a live stream, but um, this is a recorded version and if it um, turns out good, I'm going to um, upload it or maybe uh, run it as a live stream, but it's still going to be a, a pre-recorded video and just want to experiment with this new style and format to see how it works. Uh, so this is an amazing platform. Anyways, just opinion and I'm just exploring this platform. So, you know, it allows people, uh, you know, generally if I record any video, if I do any um, uh, work where I need to share my screen or my work um, on my laptop or computer, I use a very known and very popular software called OBS, um, Open Broadcaster Studio, which is a free and open source piece of software. It's like industry standard, which you can, again, uh, develop on top of um, for um, recording yourself, recording your screen for any kind of uh, recording work. Um, but this video, I'm using StreamYard, which is a fully online web-based uh, platform, very simple to use, and it has a lot of features geared for streaming uh, rather than just recording yourself. So um, it allows you to create these different styles and formats, these presets, which you can really, uh, switch between. You can add overlays, you can add custom branding. And what I really like about this it, uh, uh, about this tool is it makes it like really dead simple for you to um, involve different co-hosts, invite people on to your show if you're having some kind of show or podcast. Um, so it makes it really simple. Like all I need to do is invite someone using their email or copy and send them a link. They get joined in. I can set custom permissions and like they even have a private chat room. So it makes it really simple. And then I can quickly switch between these preset layouts or um, yeah layouts so um, let's get into the topic of the video it's going to be a little um, casual and lengthier video than usual not very focused and me jumping from point to point um, so to understand this topic i'm going to explain a little bit about what decentralization is in general first in case anyone doesn't know so today's world a lot of things are centralized if you take any kinds of uh, financial uh, financial transaction um, it's all uh, centralized 
it happens through uh, uh, our banking system it happens through banks if i take my debit or credit card if i want to purchase something online let's say uh, purchase something on amazon i use my debit or credit card and um, it goes to the banks banks have to approve the transaction with various factors such as they need to check my bank account if i actually have sufficient funds and if everything's okay they approve it all the transfers are taken place now of course i'm not sending something physical it's not actual uh, bank notes or some kind of physical trade it's all numbers on a screen at the end of the day but this approval still takes place um, uh, the person who's doing the approval are these banks and they are acting as these sort of um, you know middlemen and these middlemen are present in all kinds of things you know even if you're talking about the internet the internet as you use it today is uh, fully centralized so uh, whether you're using some kind of mobile app or you're opening a website let's say google for example if you take google their website is hosted on a server the reason you're able to go, uh, go to google.com which actually points you to an ip address which is like a location it points you to that server where google server is located and that's where their website is hosted so it's centralized right? it relies on these servers relies on these companies so for example if i want to create my website i have a few ways to go about it i can buy my own computers my own servers so when i say servers it's just computers at the end of the day but it has dedicated purpose of just serving my website that's all it's meant to do it's not meant to play games or anything so i could buy all the resources and maintain my own server maintain my website uh, make sure it stays up all the time and do all the work myself and as more and more people use my website it's going to grow in size and i'll probably need to expand my resources uh, get a bigger computer or add multiple computers to that server to make sure it can handle the load now that is a traditional way that's what people were doing and this was very expensive also especially as initial setup cost now what people started to do was use uh, the cloud now the cloud a lot of people misuse what it actually means so um, w- what it does mean is there are these companies which have all the resources they have all the computers and have the servers and they basically in very simple terms they rent out their resources so you can use how much ever resources you want uh, let's say you're just starting out there's just like five people opening your website so you can ask them to allocate the smallest resources for your website and host it and deploy now let's say all of a sudden you have 1000 users visiting your website every second right you can instantly tell them no i want to scale up i want more resources add two more uh, virtual cpu cores or add more ram and they will do it instantly because they have the resources they just need to allocate more for you and this happens instantly you don't need to go to the store and buy more uh, um, resources buy more computers and manage everything yourself they do the managing for you now this is what um, the cloud is and a lot of companies such as amazon um, amazon aws amazon web services Uh, Microsoft Azure um, and another smaller one is Google Cloud Platform or GCP. All of these uh, players started becoming popular as they already had all of the computing power because they had a lot of services that people are using. A uh, huge population and during periods of downtime or inactivity where um, uh, where less number of people are using it and they had less traffic, they um, noticed that they had an opportunity to. like rent out these services so that other people can use them and uh, make money um, you know um, this is a second source of income so um this is how the centralized internet works it relies on these servers on these companies that own the server now someone uh, came along who came up with this revolutionary idea 
of decentralization so what if this entire system was decentralized it didn't require any of this middleman now it's not uh, possible to make it in a way that um, it doesn't require anyone you need someone right but instead of making it uh, make the entire population dependent on one particular person so if anything bad would happen on that one particular system the entire system fails instantly uh, what he thought of is let's uh, make it distributed over a group of people so this is all very vague and abstract so let me get in, uh, into it in a little bit more detail so um, um, let's take bitcoin for example right um you you guys uh, understood the example that i said with um, uh, currency transactions financial transactions happens today let's say we're talking about these virtual currencies or cryptocurrencies let's say we're talking about bitcoin if i want to send some uh, five bitcoins to someone else person a wants to send five bitcoins to person b instead of this transaction being approved by a central authority like a bank what happens is there is a group of computers a network of computers all over the world and uh, what happens is it goes to this pool of computers and all of these computers which are called miners they have to solve a mathematically intensive task or a cryptographically um, intensive task now this is something that is very powerful and requires a lot of resources so a simple computer like yours or mine is not going to work you need specific resources like really high gpus or specific hardware for um, uh, crypto mining um in order for all of this to work so um these people are all competing against each other they're trying to solve this puzzle and basically the person who solves the puzzle first they are the ones who are rewarded with bitcoin in order for um um you know because they completed the task and once they complete the task and they are the ones who are rewarded with bitcoin transactions approved and the bitcoin is sent so if you notice a lot of times there's a delay the reason the delay happens is none of this is instant it happens over a huge number of computers and for the change to reflect it takes a lot of time and the way it's designed is quite smart every transaction that happens is permanently recorded um, in this ledger across the internet it's publicly available everyone can see every transaction that has ever taken place since the born of this cryptocurrency so it's like blocks added on a chain that's why it's called blockchain now it's uh, very ingenious in the way it's made that um, uh, it's very um, um it's completely based on math it's made in a way that if someone tries to manipulate or alter one particular block in the blockchain the entire thing doesn't make sense anymore so this is a way to alert the systems or the rest of the network that um this um uh, is inconsistent and something is wrong with it so people uh, it's very hard for people to maliciously try to exploit this so that's how decentralization works and that's how these cryptocurrencies work so whether it's a bitcoin or ethereum this is just a um, surface level or very uh, you know layman's term uh, explanation of how the stuff works so this process allows you to uh, change a centralized system into a decentralized system now uh, if you take the internet right internet's also, uh, internet's also centralized so this is what we call web 2.0 this is what um, we currently use now this buzzword web 3.0 is what people are thinking is going to be the future of the web but it's no longer centralized but it is decentralized now there are a lot of advantages and i feel there are a lot of disadvantages also i don't know if it's entirely practical and if it's going to work but anyways let me explain um what exactly web 3.0 is 
So Web 3.0 is basically built on this blockchain technology so that the web becomes decentralized. So um, uh, maybe I can give you an example. So as I said before, right now, um, you need these servers, these corporations that own the servers in order for the web to take place. If you want to create a website, you need to host your website on one particular server. That's how it works. So Web 3.0, it's part of the blockchain. So the moment you release your code onto this network, it's permanently available forever. You can never change that. You can never uh, never remove it even if you wanted to. So that's how Web 3.0 works. Imagine you create a website and if you have a typo or you want to make some change or you want to pull it on the website, you can change it that forever. That's how Web 3.0 works. Now this um, helps for certain people in a way in, um, such that, you know, um, there are some people who are being censored in a lot of countries uh, censor information that they don't like a um, lot of governments or you know countries in general they have a certain type of information that they don't want um, to be sent and sometimes it's for good reason sometimes it's uh, because there's a, a you know spreading of fake news which they want to um, control so a lot of times this is uh, censored because they can track um, you know where the source of information is coming from so if they see okay this particular site this particular person is spreading a lot of information they can just go and ban the IP address or ban that particular um, server from accessing the rest of the internet so that's what happens today and those people who are being censored dislike the current system and they are the people who will um, really like this new system which might come in the future which is web 3.0 as it's based on this blockchain technology which is completely decentralized so no one owns anything is distributed across a network of computers and this uh, prevents uh, people from um, um, censoring or uh, banning certain parts of information so web 3.0 and dApps or dApps however you call it or decentralized apps they're pretty much the same thing uh, instead of being centralized instead of being posted on one particular server it's distributed across the entire thing now I have a few issues with this um, in the first place. So firstly with um, cryptocurrencies in general, the way this works is quite ingenious, you know, in terms of them um, fall, uh, having this cryptographic uh, way of verifying these transactions, that, that all that makes very sense and um, it, it seems really cool. But the issue is it takes a huge lot of computing power, right? Even for one transaction to happen, it's a lot of computing power and there's actually this chart so let me try to pull it out so there's this um chart um, um of the power consumption um from the ethereum network so so many people so many transactions are happening um right um on this network and for every transaction that happens you need to solve these uh these um you know cryptographic puzzles and these are you know really computational uh, computationally intensive so um, um so when you're uh, trying to solve these tasks another uh, important thing to realize is that you're also um, required electricity to use right that's something that you often ignore so let's say you want to make money mining bitcoin or mining ethereum you set up your mining rig with um, you know, all your um, you know your custom build and you have some uh, dedicated gpus to um, uh, make the performance better and increase the probability of uh, mining the tokens but 
what what happens is you a lot of people tend to forget your electricity costs so if you actually calculate how much you earn you know how much you were rewarded and how much electricity was consumed a lot of times you end up at a loss because the amount of electricity you consumed was more and this is a serious issue that people are talking about because because this is going to become the future of how we um, um you know interact with people over the internet or what we use for all our financial transactions then this cannot be consuming so much power as it is today so let me try to um just share my screen and um give you show you the stats so these are some charts on the power consumption of um ethereum um so let's see you have this one that says the estimated uh, power consumption um this is in terms of gigawatts so you can see the comparison between bitcoin and ethereum for example i'm just trying to see if it says yeah this is the one i saw so this is just for ethereum this is across entire ethereum network and you can see how it's just going out of control um, year after year and it's actually uh, continuously increasing it doesn't drop and this is i think terawatt hours per year so it's a lot a um, lot of energy and this contributes to um um this is what contributes to um, you know climate change so um, you know the, the the power that you're getting for this mining it's at the end of the day coming from these companies that produce power produce, uh, produce electricity from fossil fuels you know coal mining thermal power plants um and um, um other other sources so the more, more energy you consume the more it contributes to climate change and that's going to be a big issue now my second problem with this is it doesn't seem like it's going to scale very well so actually before that i have another thing that i want to share is the different types of apps that you actually have um so this is just you know a comparison of some of the apps from web 3.0 and web 2.0 so a few of them are the wrong examples So, for example, like this, I don't think where uh, Brave is a Web 3.0 app. I I'm using Brave right now. Brave is a browser. It's just like Chrome. It's Chromium-based. But I think that's a bad example. But what is a good example are you know if you take storage, right? So uh, let's example you're using Google Drive, this um, service over here. So you have Google server where you upload your um, photos and files to. And if something happens, you know Google's down for some reason. um then you're not going to be able to access your files it's just gone so that's why people dislike centralization but if you take uh, uh protocols like ipfs which is used um a lot when you're talking about um um nfts right so this is distributed and this allows you to still upload and share files in a distributed manner over the um this blockchain network so there are a lot of um alternatives um web 2.0 and web 3.0 apps so you have uh, whatsapp and wechat um wechat is a chinese um app um you have an alternative with, um which is this one called status they probably a lot and i have no idea um what they are i have not used a lot of them so i'm not really sure but um you can see how uh, you know the differences are so you have um, alternative um, apps if you want to explore them now the reason i am i'm sharing this um is because um uh, i i i my problem with this is i am not really sure how it's going to scale and let me try to actually uh, pull up the ethereum website um 
because on the Ethereum website itself, they actually have a part uh, where they uh, you know mention the disadvantages of creating decentralized apps on the Ethereum network. Because I have an issue with how it's going to scale, right? Because on normal applications, right? Like if you develop an app on the cloud, you can scale it instantly, right? And it's instant. People find it very intuitive. If you want to buy something or if you want to send a message, it's instant. But the moment you do this in a decentralized manner over the blockchain or um, using dApps or dApps, right? It slows down instantly. Yeah, right. People are going to experience sluggishness. I'm just trying to find. So yeah, I find it's not going to, so the entire point is it's not going to seem the same, right? There's going to be a huge difference. It's not going to seem natural and intuitive for, to people at first glance. So what you're seeing right now is um, the um, um, Ethereum website. Um, just give me a minute. Yeah, so coming back to this um, this point, so um, over on the um, Ethereum website, um, you can actually see they've given the benefits and uh, drawbacks of um, these dApps um, deployment and development. So zero point, uh, downtime is what I um, showed you. Privacy is an um, important thing as long as it's developed properly um, by the developer. And censorship, obviously, you, you can't censor. It's impossible. And um, you know th those are where the um, you, know, the, you know, the benefits end. When you come to drawbacks, um, it's hard to maintain because if you want to push updates, it becomes a little bit more complicated. And uh, performance is the main issue. Your app is not going to be as performant as if it was traditionally Web 2.0. If you're going to deploy it on the cloud or some uh, something, network condition is another issue. Um, you know, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just going to take time. Every transaction is going to take uh, much time, uh, time and it's going to give you a bad uh, user experience in general. So these are some of the um, issues that I feel exist with this. And I just don't see how it's a viable solution right now. Maybe it might work in the future. I think especially with um, things like NFTs where you just want to trade and collect uh, tokens, like it's essentially um, digital collectibles. You collect um, stamps or um, vintage coins or um, um, any kind of cards, or trading cards, whatever you, you know you're collecting for long periods of time, and um, you know you're assuming that this has tremendous value in the future, or it's just a hobby, right? Um, before it was physical, physically done. Now it's virtually done in the form of NFTs. So I think for those purposes it might make sense, but for uh, transaction use, you know, in your daily um, life or for the internet itself to be replaced, I have a lot of um, issues with this and I don't see how it's viable um, right now. So um, that uh, concludes um, this video. This was a little long video. Um, um, I really appreciate everyone who's uh, um, joined me throughout um, um, until now, especially now I've um, 
crossed uh, 100 subscribers after um, uh, some time and uh, it means a lot for everyone who subscribed and is continuing to watch me so um, as always please leave your feedback on comments i'm always looking for ways to improve and if you want a co-host please let me down in the comments or my email and my social media contacts are available in the channel description you can reach out to me and if you want to uh, see any other topics or if you want to talk about any other topics please mention all of that in the comments too i'll be sure to reply and that will probably be the next topic of the you know the next video. so um thank you for watching